3: feeling about this
2: Welcome to episode 106 of Blue Harvest and I am your host Pauls Burkhart
4: I am your host Will Witten.
2: And we have some Star Wars video game stuff to talk about this week. And boy, am I excited. That's the good stuff. The good stuff. The pure, uncut Star Wars video game. Leak. Rumor. Speculation stuff. Straight from your source for all things early Star Wars information. Making StarWars.net. Are good only friends. the
4: sweetest and most potent iota of datum.
2: <laughs> there you go. Um, so before we get all to get a get on to that, I'm having an old fashioned while we record things might get a little silly. Uh, let me give you guys the business. Uh, you can uh, like us on Facebook at facebook dot com slash blueharvestpodcast. podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Harvest pod. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. You can buy shirts and whatever your Blue Harvest love and heart desires at tpublic.com slash user slash blueharvestpodcast. Did I mention we're going to be discussing some things posted on makingstarwars.net this evening? Well, guess what? We are part of the Making Star Wars podcast network. Along with such amazing podcasts as Now This Is Podcasting, Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, Cantina Cast, Idiot's Array, Rogue One, Tarkin's Top Shelf, First Order Transmissions, and The Cargo Hold. Speaking of Steel Wars, if you guys are so inclined, I will be appearing on the Steel Wars call-in show Saturday evening at 9 p.m. Eastern. 6 p.m pacific so that is july 1st the day this is coming out this evening i will be on the call in show and i would love to hear from you guys as steel and i talk about some star wars i love doing that call in show so
4: steel's such
2: looking. a good dude he is he is indeed
4: such a good
0: dude
2: anyways how's your week been buddy
4: it's been a good
2: week cool i've had quite the busy week with work and whatnot. Um. I got a little mystery going on here at the house. You do. So, Wednesday afternoon, uh, Jesse and I both were home. I was working from home all day. And we decided to go out and get lunch with our friend Teresa. Okay? I know Teresa. She is amazing. She's awesome. She comes over. And as we're leaving to go to El Cazador... She says, oh, look at this hole in your front yard. Something's living in your front yard. And sure enough, there is a, I don't know, silver dollar sized hole in our front yard with like little uh, mound of dirt around it. Like something's been burrowing. Huh. And uh, let me tell you, I'll send you a picture of it right now. I It has fascinated me ever since. I want to know what's living down in that goddamn hole.
4: I mean, I got a good idea.
2: What do you think it is?
4: I bet it's a mole. You think it's a mole? I bet it's a mole hole. Silver dollar size? I posted it on Twitter,
2: and, and someone said it didn't look like a mole hole to them. King Tom said he had um, a hole like that in his front yard, and it was like a wasp nest. Ooh. Or a bee nest. Okay,
4: so that hole, you see the dirt that's been... Pulverized. Yeah, that's been dug out. Right. So that's some sort of rodent. See, that's or oh, like, it may be like a rat or a tiny possum or I'd think a mole. But sometimes, like, snakes will (coughs) find a hole like that, go in there, eat the rodent, and live in that hole.
2: Oh, bummer. So what I was hoping for, there, I was hoping for chipmunks or rabbits. Those are the two I was hoping for.
4: I got rabbits in my backyard
2: really have yeah you, made- you should
4: come hang out every night I'm talking like every night he comes out runs across the backyard
2: yeah but have you made friends with him yet
4: I mean it's he you know I live on the edge of some woods so it's kind of hard to make friends with the the wild rabbit he's not he's not a there's rabbit They're he's squirrely. like a hare
2: I'm telling you, man. Like, if that's a if that's a family of rabbits living in our front yard, I will be friends with them. Same thing with. I jet think munch.
4: that hole is too small for rabbits.
2: I do too. Uh, I almost stuck a stick down in there to see what happened, but now that King Tom told me it's possibly like bees or wasps, I'm stoked that I did not do that. Um, but it fucking fascinates me, man. I I want it to be something awesome that I can become friends
4: with. I had a hole kind of like that one time, and it was but it was a mound, you know, like it was it, it, it was um it kind of looked like there was you know when you go to the beach and you have like the liquid sand and you hold it and you make like a tower out of the dripped liquid sand, yeah, and then there was a <laughs> hole right in the middle of that, and it was a big round hole, and I couldn't figure out what it was come to figure out it was a crawfish in your yard, yeah, because it was in this um. Not in the yard here, in the yard where I grew up, which is way out in the country, but there was this ditch right near the road that was pretty much always had standing water in it, oh. and so there was like a little crawfish that lived in where that standing water was in that little ditch. Well,
2: I'll be damned. I
4: little don't think mud that's bug. what this is. Um. I have a mystery for you. Oh,
2: go for it. What, what right happened? Right
4: before we started recording... Um. A little earlier, I saw what, what I thought could might possibly have been a UFO.
2: No shit.
4: Um, and you know I'm not one of those guys that claims, oh, it's a satellite, it was a UFO, or oh, it was a plane. Like, I, I, I I'll tell you, there, it, it's a fifty-fifty <laughs> chance that what I saw was a UFO, because I was looking up in the sky, and this thing was really bright. It was metallic, and it was, um. It was, like, oblong-shaped, like, kind of cigar-shaped. It didn't look like it had wings. I couldn't see, like, flashing lights. The sun was reflecting off of it, so it was real shiny. Like Oh, so it was in like, the daylight. Yeah, yeah. sun hadn't oh. set yet. It was chromed out. And uh, then all of a sudden, like, it passed. It, it was going, and it was going at a fair clip. Like, it was going quick. Like, usually, and when you're looking at a plane, like, it's, it's, you know it's going fast, but it's still going kind of slowly. Right. Um, and then it, it oh, went from being, like, real chromey to a little more dull. And um, it started to go behind a tree. And I, I traced, you know, the uh, the trajectory. And I was waiting for it to come out of the other side of the tree. Because the tree is real close to me. And I, I kept waiting and I kept waiting and I kept waiting. And I was like, man, that thing was moving, like, fast. I, I And I, I, I started walking... You know, to get around the side of the tree to get my line of view to where I could see it uh, more early as it was coming out the other side. It never came out the other side of that tree. Like, never came. So, it either...
2: Oh, changed directions and went...
4: Yeah, it either changed direction when it passed behind that tree. Or, you know, I'll totally admit, maybe maybe it was an airplane and maybe it was just really bright. It hit the underbelly and maybe that airplane did like a a right (sighs) turn... Uh, Like a right angle, left turn, like, and went back towards the distance, like, away from me. So it never came out the other side of there. But, you know, usually they don't do that kind of stuff. Like, usually... Usually you can trace the trajectory of, like, an airplane or, you know, something. And I, like, it would just... it, And I kept looking up there. I was like, any minute now that thing's going to come out from behind that tree. It never did. Like,
2: You should have whipped out your phone. or, Or was there literally no time to process... Oh shit. There wasn't
4: any time to process that. I'm looking at it and I'm like, What is that? That's a plane. And uh, I'm looking at it, I was like, is that a plane? That's not a plane. Is that that's really fast for a plane. And that's super chromed out. I don't see wings or lights. Like and then um but of course it was still in the moderate daylight, so I guess I wouldn't have seen any flashing lights, but Right. Um I was I wanted to get another good look at it, like study it for a second after it came up behind that tree. I'm talking like Maybe a good seven, eight seconds before it went behind that tree, and I was just perplexed, and I was waiting for it to come out, and never did. So, you know, I, I'm not even gonna say I saw a UFO. I'm saying like I probably had a fifty-fifty shot of what I saw was a UFO or not. Man, I'd be. It so was stoked. mysterious though. It made me the whole uh, the X Files thing played in my mind. It was like.
3: Mm.
4: I
2: I would be so stoked if I saw what I thought. I I can't ever remember any time when I legitimately saw something that I thought was a UFO.
4: That's really the first time I ever have. Interesting. I mean, because I've seen lights in the sky, but they right. always seem pretty obviously planes or something. Yeah, or and you know, or...
2: growing up in Columbus with the Air Force base right there, seeing planes is super common. So, man. Hmm. We should go uh UFO hunting area fifty one. Oh, we should sometime. go
4: to Nevada. Yeah. And camp out one time.
2: I'd do that. We'll we'll podcast about it when the men yeah, in black absolutely. start fucking. Live with us.
4: podcast from like Area 51.
2: Talk about Star Wars while actual alien shit is going on around us. Mm-hmm. Man. The truth is out there, y'all. Um speaking of awesome animals and you know. The hole in our yard that I'm hoping is something awesome. Our buddy, Matt Frost, sent me an amazing picture today of him hanging out with a kangaroo. And he gave me the kind of information that is potentially dangerous for me to have. He said that in Australia, kangaroos, wallabies, and wombats are actually pretty friendly and will like really? let you feed them and pet them and stuff. He said he's picked up wombats before
4: what and wombats are like fucking awesome little, is what they little are little marsupials right I, I think they
2: may be marsupials are they mammals they're definitely mammals and and they they're they're like uh i don't know they look kind of like i know a
4: kangaroo is a marsupial awesome.
2: they look awesome is what they look like um
4: you don't want to go pet a dingo
2: Oh, a dingo's just a fucking fancy dog. Are you kidding me? It's a wild dog, Dogs love me. I'd have a fucking piece of steak in my pocket, and I'd be like, here you go, dingo. Eat eat the steak and have
4: your arm for dessert.
2: Nah. He would get a couple of pets, and I'd be like, be on your way, dingo. Be on your way. Dingo ate the baby. But after he told, told me that, like, yeah, wallabies, kangaroos, and wombats are... Or pretty friendly and stuff. That's
0: a
4: wombat. That's yeah. like kind of like a rope looking thing.
2: Look how cute that fucking animal is. Yeah, he's
4: pretty cute.
2: Imagine picking him up and loving on him.
4: What are wallabies like? What do they look like?
2: They look like sort of small kangaroos.
4: Smallish kangaroos.
2: Yeah. You know it's actually legal like Jesse and I could have a pet wallaby if we wanted. Really? Um they're legal to have here. They're not even like they're not even considered like you know like, for certain animals, you got to have, like, an exotic pet license or whatever, not wallabies.
4: They're the, not an exotic animal.
2: The problem is, I mean, they're they're exotic for Alabama. Right, uh, but,
4: I mean, they're not legally classified right, as... Right,
2: I guess. And it, the only thing is, is, like, they're pretty expensive to have as a pet, like, just the initial purchase. And then I would be worried that I wouldn't be able to adequately care for a wallaby. Something tells me that that's a little... Harder to take care of than like a cat or a dog. And like, I wouldn't want to have a wallaby like be sad because I'm not taking care of him. Look at that cute little bastard.
4: Yeah. I would think you would just have to give him his own room. Like, like a room with wallaby. I don't know. Like, uh, what am I looking for? Like, like a playground, like a wallaby playground that had tunnels and slides or things. I don't know. I don't know what wallabies play on. But you would think he would get lonely not being with other wallabies, right? So
2: then I got to get at least two wallabies, and then I'm the guy that's got two wallabies, and
4: and then you're you, you know you know then you're the guy that's got the wallaby farm. Oh, I mean, can you? Th- I can't
2: think of a better existence oh, than having dude, that'd a wallaby be cool. farm.
4: Go visit halls on the wallaby <laughs> ranch,
2: <laughs> and there you just come uh, drive up to the house, and you see like an army of wallaby, fucking hopping around having a good old
4: time immediately jump on the car and like come to see what you're doing
2: oh that's oh life goals the thing is like after talking to matt today about that i have decided that pound for pound australia has the best animals that i would like to pet
4: it also has the most dangerous animals
2: well that's what i was about to say if it weren't for the fucking demon ass spiders that they have there and
4: snakes Talk about spiders and snakes that like guaranteed death instantaneously. See, snakes, jellyfish, the uh what is oh, it? That, the
2: uh the is it the box or the Portuguese man of war or
4: no the tiny I the, the tiny tiny, tiny um Oh god. It's like the smallest jellyfish, but it's the most deadly.
2: Right. Right. I know what you're talking about. Um You think
4: they have like the the squid that's got the poison like the orange ring squid or something? Well, hey, like hey, and then like they got duckbill. Don't they have duckbill platypus platypi there? Isn't that where they come from? Or are they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, platypuses are Australian. And once again, the only reason I know that's because of uh, the Tasmanian devil cartoons.
2: But well, and let's be honest, we know those were culturally correct. There's no way those were wrong. Yeah. Um,
4: they they totally speak in like uh in Australia. garbage. Um. I uh. Tasmanian devils are extinct, right? I don't think so.
2: No, I would be down as hell to pet a platypus. But, you know, they've got like spurs under their flippers that have venom in them. Even they're venomous.
4: Like, a um, like a stingray or
2: something, man. But yeah, it, it, when you when you put kangaroos, wallabies, wombats and fucking koalas in a lineup like oh, I'm getting my petting hands ready, my friend.
4: I'm pretty sure they eat kangaroo. In in Australia.
2: Well, you know, maybe they do, but I wouldn't. That would be the last thing I would do when I went to kangaroo. You never to, get
4: down on a kangaroo steak? No.
2: No. Why get down on an adorable kangaroo steak when fucking just beef steak is maybe the perfect food, in my opinion. Do you feel the same way about goats? I would have a hard time. At this point, like... I've had goat before, but now that, uh, like, I really want a pet goat, especially a pygmy goat, especially a pygmy fainting goat. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, man, a fainting pygmy goat would be the cutest fucking thing ever, ever. Um, I would have a hard time eating goat, I think. But you know what? It's not like I'm going to be like, hey, don't, like, if someone's like, oh, I'm going to have some goat, I'm not going to be like, hey, man. Don't you eat that goat.
4: (laughs) I mean, it's not, you know, you don't, you you live in America. You don't have to eat goat or kangaroo. Right, right. It's not like, it's not like, you know, we're in Mexico or Jamaica and that's all that's going to keep us alive right now. Uh, I think that's where I had goat was in Mexico. That would make sense. It was
2: decent from what I remember. Anyway. Let's stop talking about all the fucking Australian animals I want to pet and what's living in the fucking hole in my front yard, and let's talk some Star Wars. All right. So ever since we started this podcast, I'm sure you can go back and listen to uh, some of the very early episodes, and I have been hyped on the prospect of this Amy Henning written Star Wars game being developed by Visceral Studios. Uh, for you guys that don't know, Visceral Studios is part of EA, and they are, at least recently, most known for the Dead Space games.
4: Which were tight and mm-hmm. scary.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: They were good. Um, Amy Henning is basically the closest thing you can get to like a rock star video game writer. She worked on the Uncharted series. She worked on Jack and Dexter, or Dexter. She worked on Le- The Legacy of Kane. She has an incredible video game re- uh, legacy. And she left uh, Naughty Dog Studios, uh, who are the developers behind the Uncharted games, uh, a few years ago, and she started working on this Star Wars game that we've heard, um, um, you know, sort of rumored about for a while now, probably back as far as like 2014. Um, and this game is set for release sometime next year. Uh, most logical bet would be, you know, November-ish 2018. Right in um, time for Christmas? Yeah, right in time for Christmas. That seems to be when EA is pushing their Star Wars video games. Now... You know, there's always the possibility with the two they've done so far, Battlefield and Battlefield 2, they've put them out about a month before a, a release of a movie, Episode 7 and Episode 8. There wasn't really one that came out before Rogue One. Um, I don't think that's likely with the Han Solo movie because if Han Solo was going to keep its May date, we would have already been hearing and seeing trailers for this, mo- uh, this game with it being, you know, potentially less than a year out. So, more than likely, we're looking at a holiday release 2018 for this game. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, we get the first real trailer or real look at the game sometime in the spring next year, followed by a big reveal at E3 2018, along with the release date reveal. But, To make a long story short, our buddies over at MakingStarWars.net have uncovered a treasure trove of information about this upcoming game. And boy, does it sound awesome. So, Will, let me clue you in on what Making Star Wars has reported. Now, I'm not going to be... I'm not going to be like reading their article straight off their page. If you guys want the crazy minute detail with all the special flares and information that Jason has compiled, go to makingstarwars.net and check out these articles. I'm just going to be covering, you know, sort of broadly what he has been reporting. And so apparently the working title or, you know, like um, code name title, For this game is Project Ragtag. Um, And this game is set in between episode four and five. um, But from the sounds of it, probably a little more close to episode five. But it's really hard to say without like firm timeline details or anything. But the main character is... character that goes by the name of dodger dodger is his nickname because he basically dodged the draft uh he was going to be drafted into the empire and he went into hiding and basically became sort of a smuggler you know kind of han solo kind of like you know bounty hunter like that kind of character an underworld character if you will
4: a scoundrel a
2: scoundrel a scoundrel so uh you know he didn't want to join the empire he dodges the draft and gets the nickname Dodger well then things get worse for him Dodger uh who is apparently they're doing a little bit of a Sam Witwer thing where they're having an actual actor portray him and in this case it's the actor Todd Stashwick now i looked this guy up cuz i wasn't super familiar with him I looked him up and his Wikipedia page has a shit ton of credits for him and it, a what? lot of it a lot of it seems to be um TV related he was in some episodes of Buffy and angel he was uh in will and grace dark angel Dharma and greg c s i law and order criminal intent Malcolm in the middle the drew Carey show um you know Boston legal Star Trek Enterprise weeds um all kinds of stuff so he's definitely you know got a, a pretty decent resume going apparently he is also uh one of the co-writers on this project apparently he's co-writing the story with Amy Henning um so Dodger is an Alderanian survivor meaning he was born on Alderan but he wasn't there when it got blown up by the Empire. Now, Will, do you remember... You read the Princess Leia miniseries from Marvel, right?
4: It, at least most of the first part
2: of it. So, the main crux of that Princess Leia story is she is trying to Find rescue, and
4: unify, right?
2: Yeah, the Alderanian survivors, because the Empire has them on basically a hit list. Right. They're going around and trying to eliminate any survivors from Alderaan because, you know, they don't want shit, you know, falling out even more from the destruction of
4: Alderaan. There's no one, you know, if you eliminate all the Alderanians, no one's going to seek revenge for their blown up planet. Right. Because they're all dead.
2: Right. So not only is Dodger uh, a wanted man because he... um dodged the draft but because he is a alderanian survivor so he's like double fucked and the empire is after his ass um so it sounds like it honestly does sound like maybe they took a little bit of influence from star wars 1313 from what i understand though um Star Wars thirteen thirteen was solely set on Coruscant, and that does not appear to be the case with this. From what Jason well, has
4: reported, I was about to say I don't even really know what the premise was. I just know that it was. I thought it was going to be Boba Fett centered thirteen thirteen.
2: <laughs> well, thirteen thirteen sort of had a tumultuous development where it started off going where they wanted to to be the story of sort of a new character kind of what they're doing with this game it seems and then george lucas wanted it to be about boba fett so it changed its course during development to be like that and honestly at the point it was canceled i'm not sure what version of that game was in development to be you know 100 honest but um there's some cool things Uh, you know the things jason has been reporting on seem to be mainly like story and character based so there's not a lot of indication of what type of video game it's going to be clearly it's going to be very story centric but what i mean is is it going to be open world rpg ish like where you know you have stats and Uh, abilities you can lock xp or is it going to be more like uncharted slash tomb raider like the newer tomb raider games honestly i think that's probably more likely considering the talent behind this game that it's going to be more of a third person adventure game um but maybe there'll be some open world elements in it Um, it feels
4: like those games are easier to tell a more cohesive story I mean, you say that, and then,
2: like, I know this is the game I always go to when I'm talking about the Star Wars game I would like to see, but the Witcher Three is incredibly open world and has an incredibly complex yet cohesive story going along with it.
4: I'll give you that, and I know the you may not like this example, but Grand Theft Auto Five i had I love a great that example story. And it was very cohesive and super open world. I'm telling you, you know right I mean? now, Grand Theft Auto
2: V was a masterstroke. I don't know why you would think I wouldn't like that con- comparison. I, I just love didn't that
4: know game. if you thought I was trying to make. You know, because sometimes when we talk about video games, you know, we talk about, oh, I want Gears of War Star Wars or I want Grand Theft Auto Star Wars. But, dude, if you could give me Grand Theft Auto Star Wars. Like,
2: I'm I mean, down. There's certain hijacking elements. Land
4: speeders hijacking, like. Mm. And you see, I,
2: I, I, well, that would be cool. I will. I'm not gonna try and you know say it wouldn't. I kind of want them to do something new for once, not just you know, an established like, type that's of game. I,
4: I didn't think you would like the analogy, but but I do like it. I mean, I'm not as gonna Evil lie. Souls, you know, games go, yeah, The Witcher and Grand Theft Auto Five are all kickass. Um,
2: apparently, you're in this game. You're going to have. Um, Jason basically described it as a light whip or a grappling hook. So in one hand, you hold this device that he uses to whip out, pull enemies closer to him, and then blast the shit out of them with his blaster. And on a couple episodes ago on Now This Is Podcasting, Jason apparently got a look at some concept art and said that some of them look like repurposed lightsaber hilts. And, you know, with a game like this, they do thousands of pound, thousands of versions of, you know, concept art. So who knows if that's what it's going to look like in the end. And Jason even prefaced it that way. But it would be cool. I I think that's pretty neat. Although it does kind of go against canon where, like, you can't just go out and get a, a lightsaber hilt very easily, especially in this time period in Star
4: Wars. I mean, they're like, you would assume they're relics.
2: Right. But I like that idea of having like the grappling hook that you use to grab people, pull them in and then beat the shit out of them or shoot them with the blaster. Yeah. Um, uh, reminds me of bullet storm. Yeah. A little, a little, that was a cool game. Yeah. From all indications though, that one little clip we saw of this game at, I guess it was E3 a couple years ago. Um, it looks like it's a third-person game Um, also the I guess the main sort of antagonist story or like the Empire side of things in this game is that the Empire is mining the remains of Alderaan to build a biological weapon and Jason has seen a piece of concept art that he described as a star destroyer flying through the remains of Alderaan. And there's like purple gas all around it. He said it's really cool looking. it's crazy. They're mining- I just
4: didn't think there was anything left.
2: Well, I mean, you, you see that there's like <coughs> all kinds of rubble and shit left in A New Hope. Like when they right. approach uh, Alderaan, it's like a debris field. So, yeah, he's like, yeah. Um and apparently the way this weapon works is it's like a gas or something that when they drop it on an area, it petrifies everybody. And Jason described it as being like the ruins of Pompeii. Oh wow. So you could see why Dodger would be like he's already wanted by the Empire, and now they're using the remains of his homeworld to do some fucking horrifying evil shit. Right. Oh, hell no. The more and more I hear about the story in this game, the more and more psyched I get like with every post Jason makes on making star Wars. I'm like, fuck yes. This sounds right up my alley. Um, so, oh, and, um, apparently it's project Tarkin. Like the empire calls that project Tarkin. Um, that are, you know, putting together this weapon. Pretty crazy.
4: Man, the good guys can't <coughs> catch a break. No. And apparently the Galaxy is an evil evil place.
2: Um apparently um sorry, I just uh, hit a pothole. Fuck. <laughs> oh, okay. So apparently, at one point, you're gonna go to Tatooine, which we saw in that little clip of the game, um, and Jabba the Hut is going to give Dodger some sort of job, and Dodger takes this job on with the hopes of getting his name off of the Imperial hit list. So, from the sounds of it, it's going to follow a pretty, you know normal star Wars storyline with one, a hero starting off with one objective, but you know, by the end of the game, you're going to be full on fighting the empire in this weapon they have, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. How do you feel about like what I've told you so far? Does that sound interesting to you as a game concept?
4: It does. It does sound very interesting. Um, I, um, I don't know. I wonder what his crew is going to be like. You know, who he's going to have with him. That'd be really cool. Um, yeah, I mean. How he's going to use his weapon. You know, that's just what I'm thinking about. Yeah, that's what I How he's going to use remember. his weapons. And, like, yeah. how how is he going to be a major heel to the Empire? I guess is what my main, you know, thinking is. Right. Um,
2: I want to know, like, so we're we're going to visit Tatooine, obviously. If you're going right. to be hooking up with Jabba and doing jobs with Jabba. I want to see uh, what locations. That's something that's going to interest me. Like, what locations are we going to see in this game? Yeah, what um, planet? Who's going to be the main villain? Like, I imagine, you know, just with what he's reported about this uh, Project Tarkin, that, you know, it's probably going to be whoever the head of that is. Like, th- their version of Krennic, basically, is going to be the main villain. Yeah but will that guy tie in to Dodger's background in some way? Right. Who, who knows? Will
4: you know? he come in contact with the rebellion at any point? Right. Or is he right. just gonna, you know, freelance, fuck up the empire.
2: Um, so Jason has also reported on basically, uh, Dodger's partner, his like right hand lady. Oh, right on. Her name is Robbie Maddox and Jason describes her as a woman in her early 30s that is Dodger's partner in crime. She is a gunslinger with an attitude and is one of the only people Dodger can trust, both personally and in a fight. Uh, We cannot understate her importance to the series being laid out right now as she is our other main hero. Supposedly, the plan is to have her take center stage in a sequel down the road. Which I think is a real cool idea.
4: That would be cool.
2: Um, you know, her parents were killed when she was young. Your typical Star Wars story. She grew up as an orphan um, in 1313. There's where another tie to 1313. Um, and, you know, um, apparently, according to Jason, artificial life creeps her out. She's got a problem with droids. Kind of like the bartender mm. in A New Hope. Um, and he reported on, so you've got a droid sidekick in this, which only makes sense at Star Wars. And if you want to hear more about that, you should listen to the most recent. Now this is podcasting because uh, Jason went into quite a bit of detail on that character. Um, so that sounds cool to me. The, hearing this and hearing some other things thinks, makes me think this is going to be more of an Uncharted style game. Which makes sense with Amy Henning working on it. Right. I think that's a, a great genre for a Star Wars game to um, explore. I think that's great. I, I, I you know, I just got to be patient. Hopefully, one day the big open world Star Wars game I really want uh, will come out sooner rather
4: than later. I just feel like it's, it's going to take so much detail. Yeah. I mean,
2: a big open world game is not something you just crank out.
4: Right. And
2: and not saying that this game is being being cranked out. It's clearly not. It's just you know,
4: it as far as development takes takes quite quite a bit of time. Yeah,
2: and you know if you if you don't put the time and care into an open world game, it shows. It shows, and it can be a disaster.
4: Another open world, Red Dead Redemption. That was great. Great,
2: great. I would love Star Wars Red Dead.
4: That'd be tight.
2: Yeah. What. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's what Jason has been reporting on so far with the game. And, and like I said, like when he started reporting this, the the unfortunate thing is, is like, this would be, this would have blown up star Wars internet. And it, I'm not saying it didn't, but he broke the, the first story in this uh, feature the day that the Han Solo directors got fired.
4: Oh, <laughs> damn. Talk
2: about fucking timing, right? He's got right. like, literally... The, one of the things I wanted to know most about in Star Wars development, he broke the story about, and then a few hours later, they're like, fired some directors, Star Wars visceral what?
4: I totally steamrolled any what, any momentum.
2: Yeah, Steel made a funny joke on, I believe, making Steel Wars, his show that he does with Jason for his Patreon, about how, like... They broke that story and then Kathleen Kennedy was like, oh, how do we outdo Jason? I know, let's fire some directors.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny.
2: Oh, man. But yeah, I, my hopes are very high for this game. So much so that as soon as this came out, like I completely forgot about v- Battlefield 2. I'm not saying I won't play Battlefield 2 and I'm not excited to play Battlefield 2, but this... This is the droids I am looking for. These are the droids I am looking for.
4: It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. I can't believe we used to live in a time where, you know, Star Wars material was like treasured gems. Just didn't come along that often. And now there are Star you know, animated Star Wars series, there are Star Wars video games, there are new Star Wars movies coming out. Yep. Yeah.
2: Yep. Even if, you know,
4: there's a couple bumps in the road, it's still pretty awesome. The the fact that it's coming out. Mm -hmm. Like, I grew up in an era where, you know, it was the prequels, and then you might have one video game per console.
2: Yeah, well, we also grew up in the era of pretty crappy Star Wars games. Not to say there weren't good ones, but like, you know, fucking Masters of Terra Kai, or however the fuck you pronounce that.
0: The awful
2: um, Obi Wan game on the original Xbox. Yeah. Woof. Wolf. Um, you know, there, there's some bad ones out there. Super Rogue Squadron bad, right? was good. Those were great. I mean, those were great games. I would love to see those make a comeback.
4: Rogue Squadron. There was one for GameCube and 64, wasn't there? Uh, yeah, I believe
2: Rogue Squadron One came out on Nintendo 64. And then Rogue Squadron two and three came out on GameCube, and all of them Those were, were great. Tight. They were great. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I, I think that would be pretty tight. Maybe once the sequel trilogy is done, they'll uh, give us that type of game. Give us Black Squadron, and it'll be you know all yeah. the space battles and Dude, shenanigans that would from be the sequel.
4: So tight,
2: right? Flying around as Poe Dameron and his slick yeah. ass Black it's like X-wing. a Hawks game. <clears throat> all right.
4: But yeah, that's that's pretty much what
2: we have to talk about. Is there um, anything you want to add to this video game discussion about this particular game? Anything that no, comes to mind?
4: I'm just super excited.
2: Yeah, me too, buddy. Me super too. excited. All right, so uh, let's do some emails. How how do you feel about that? I'm down with that. <clears throat> All right. Well, there's only one way to start a motherfucking that's what email I was segment for on a this here podcast and that is the melodious sounds of our good buddy steve A D. who man did did i have a good time having him on last week
4: it was awesome having him on he's yeah, a blast
2: he is all right here we go
0: Kia D.
2: Stud. he loves to split chicks with his butt D Cockhead. Cockhead, to stroke his cone and suck on his balls, D Cockhead,
4: what you gonna do when he comes on you now, he's a Jedi Council Stooge, but he'll be pumping Spooge tomorrow.
2: kick ass kicks so much ass all right so let's see okay so last week our buddy peter wrote in uh you know sort of defending kathleen kennedy and the decision to fire um phil lord and christopher miller while while he was at it he sent in another email that i actually sort of skipped over and forgot to get to um so let's do that one first he says hello there Sorry for the Han Solo rant, but I had to get it off my chest. What has been your favorite lightsaber duel from the Star Wars universe so far? I have to say that mine is Obi-Wan versus Maul from Rebels. It was so aggressive and violent and ended so quickly that you didn't even know what happened. And it had so many small, subtle clues and hints from the many times they'd fought in the past and everything they'd learned from those fights. Plus, it was a lot more emotional than I would have imagined. It was very samurai-inspired. I know you guys aren't big fans of Rebels, and really, neither am I, but this scene really sucked me in. Keep on moisture-farming, boys. That sounded way dirtier than it did in my head. Peter, what's your favorite lightsaber
4: duel? I, I want to say The Force Awakens, because oh, really? it's kick-ass, yeah. but the phantom menace. Oh, there's so many that, good ones. I I just I can't currently say that the force awakens lightsaber battle was better than the phantom menace. I'm not sure why because if you really compare it, to me it's the fact that I got to see two jedi in their epic lightsaber prime with a sith who had been, tra- you know, like right. A, you know, really from the from the sounds of it, lightsaber combat Hadn't happened in a thousand years, right? Didn't they say the Sith? How long had the Sith been yeah, quiet for that point?
2: Yeah, I mean, you got to figure that at some point, some sort of lightsaber con- combat went down, right? Like, even I if don't it was think just so, man, like you know, I mean,
0: quelling use, a, used
4: as a tool, you know, to in self-defense. But I'm talking about a legit lightsaber on lightsaber, like maybe. Maybe there were some rogue Sith somewhere in the galaxy, but the way they make it sound is that they were... No, no, no. no.
2: For sure, there wasn't any Jedi versus Jedi lightsaber, or Jedi versus Sith lightsaber battles going on, but you gotta I figure... I mean, I'm sure there was in that,
4: use in the line of duty. I mean, you know... Well, like, let's say, you know... They cut down those droids in those first five seconds. Right, but what I'm like saying they is... they had been cutting down a bunch of droids.
2: In that thousand years or whatever, however long it's been that the Sith have been quiet... For sure there has been a Jedi that you know, broke the code, stepped out of line, and had to be fucking put in his place through lightsaber combat by another. I mean Jedi. I guess but they don't make uh, it. I seem don't though. think it I don't think it's that common. I'm sure there's Jedi on Jedi lightsaber practice, a little sword fighting. Right. Oof, it's getting hot in here. Whew. Kia Kia D. Mundy. I almost said his name right there kia D. mundi and some other jedi fucking shirtless practicing lights
4: getting the vapors what, what's kia
2: species sir Cer- sirian Cer- cerulean? cerulean or something like that yeah
4: another cerulean challenges him to part of his harem <laughs>
2: yeah I, I i really like phantom menace uh i'm with you i think the more and more i like the or i watch the force awakens the more and more i like that lightsaber fight because it is like it starts off so badass with finn who let's be honest finn knows he's not gonna win this fight but he doesn't give a fuck Mm -hmm. like he picks up that lightsaber and yeah he gets his ass beat but that's besides the point like that's what i like to see in Star Wars, is a hero standing up against all odds, re- you know, putting themselves in mortal danger just to do what's right or to protect, right. you know, someone they care about. And it's then the fact that he tried. Right, and then, I mean, that that scene in the music cue when Ray pulls the lightsaber to her is perfect. It's Star Wars perfection.
4: It is like that. Those few minutes you know where she's has to learn to calm her mind and focus on without the rage you know when you calm your mind like right. that's so jedi like that's so epic
2: and then like and she
4: comes back and whips his ass
2: they're like cutting down trees and shit and like it's it's really cool it's lit really cool like it's very there cool are looking
4: partial like they're like flesh wounds mhm so I,
2: I really dig that one my favorite it's though snow. is empire my favorite is empire i'm not gonna lie because is it really yeah it, part of it is because i think the choreography in it is really cool uh to me it's the best choreographed lightsaber fight in the original trilogy
3: i um, feel
4: like i've said empire before and gotten so much shit for that really well because everyone likes the return of the jedi one better they're like if you're going old school ones like the jedi ones better. i was like no it's not well, it's not like I
2: love the one in
4: Jedi, but I have a problem
2: with the one in Jedi is that, as a kid, like I just wanted it to be so much longer and like and more badass like it was I don't dislike it, but. It's it's over very quickly, and in a good and portion it's got that of it part
4: where Luke hides in some of it,
2: right? Which makes sense storyline wise, but I just wish there were more ac- there was more actual lightsaber fighting in Jedi, right? It the totally music is the movie. incredible, it's perfect for that. Yes, the music but, during the lightsaber duel in, in Jedi is incredible too. Yeah. But I like Empire because it, it. I like when a Star Wars lightsaber battle. Moves locations. That's why I like uh, the one in, in Phantom Menace yeah. because, you know, it starts off in one in, it just progresses. I like the one in Revenge of the Sith. Um, but the one in Empire, you know, starts off in the carbonite chamber, carbonite freezing chamber. Um, it's got some cool shit in there. Then it goes to like the balcony area where Vader starts throwing all the shit at Luke and the sets, right. the sets for Empire to me are the best sets and
4: And, like and when luke is not necessarily running from vader he he like there's some hiding done in there but it's so theatrical and so it's like ninja meld into the shadows and wait to jump out at your prey
2: (laughs) right and and then like um you know the uh that that sort of hallway in empire with the lights that go all the way around i really like that and then oh yeah the the catwalk or the walkway where the big reveal happens, I think that's mm-hmm. really cool
4: looking. I just think Empire is my favorite. Dude, I totally agree. And for what, you know, the weight, the emotional weight and the point in the story that it holds up, like, is so epic. That's another, you know, sometimes, like, lightsaber fights mean a lot. They do. They're moments of catharsis. Right. All right, next up, we got
2: our buddy Tomas, who, according to his Instagram, is on a National Lampoon's European vacation right now. Looks like he's having a good old time.
4: Sounds incredible.
2: Uh, Will and Halls. While listening to an episode of The Bad Motivators, a ching, they brought up R2 and 3PO. That got me thinking. C3PO and R2 have been sort of passed down through the Skywalker family to Luke and Leia. Obviously, Luke has R2 with him and Leia has C3PO. But with the tragic passing of Carrie Fisher and the possibility of Leia's death in Episode 9 or her being written out of the story, where does C3PO go? I think once Luke is gone, Rey will take possession of R2, so she's out of the question. I don't think he'd go to Finn or Poe, definitely not Kylo. Maybe one of the new characters, but I don't think so. So if we can't find anywhere to put 3 this begs the question will we see an end to him i hope not but do you think it's possible thanks guys and shout out to mr witten for give, getting me started on the path of cooking it's not something that i ever thought i'd be good at but i started cooking super simple dishes and found out that not only am i not bad at it but is one of the most relaxing things i've ever done so if anyone is putting off cooking themselves dinner or just any food because it takes so long or is too hard Buy a cookbook with simple, easy recipes and start from there. Thanks again, Tomas. Tomas actually shared some uh, pictures of of some uh, food he made with us, and he did. They were killer. Yeah, I mean, looked like point, he did dude. a good job.
4: Yeah, right. So
2: I think um, you know, eventually, part of me says I would like to see C three PO and R two be the two mainstay characters that we just always see in star wars especially the saga movies because they're droids and don't have to have a lifespan i just think it would be great for them to be the kind of characters that tie all the stories together even if you know far down the line we're in episode 14 carrot you know territory and c-3po and r2 are still kicking around the issue with that though is anthony daniels like Anthony Daniels is an older guy and I imagine being in that C three PO suit is not the easiest thing. So
4: I'll tell you this. You know, I mean, you're right. Keep going. I've, I i, I do not want to interrupt you. No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that there's been so much other star Wars material that I don't, and Anthony Daniels, Person like his accent is so specific,
0: Mm -hmm.
4: and it's so, I guess, rehearsed. Like, because there has been so many Star Wars movies and so much Star (laughs) Wars media where he's done it. I feel like a talented voice artist could reproduce that. I do too. I don't think that's you know because it's so signature,
2: right? It could be reproducible. I do think it's reproducible for sure. And, but on the same, in the same token, I don't know, I don't know, it's a tough call for me. I don't know that I, if I would rather them retire the character after Anthony Daniels decides he doesn't want to do it anymore or, you know, eventually passes away, or if I would like them to continue the character on with someone doing, you know, an Anthony Daniels, a C-3PO impression uh to me it's a different territory than r2d2 you know kenny baker unfortunately passed away a couple years back
4: i mean it's also that r2d2 doesn't have a dialogue voice
2: right that's the big difference and i think a lot of the personality of c3po comes from anthony daniels And, and not in just his voice but also his movements and and you know how he portrays the character so that's a tough call like C-3PO what, is, is by no means my, my favorite Star Wars character. In fact, this my... Is a, what were you going to say, bud?
4: Go ahead. I was just going to say, this is a good and thought-provoking question. Mm-hmm. You said C- C-3PO wasn't your necessarily your favorite?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, my least favorite moment in all of Star Wars is C-3PO at the end of Episode 2.
4: Oh, man. Episode 2, I just... I'm just not a fan of in that. in my mind I just I, I kind of turn the volume on that thing down to like two but uh
2: you know that doesn't mean I don't have nostalgia and love for the character it's just it's it, that's a hard call like
4: and the reason I think this is such a good question is because there's so much thinking um you know the first thing I thought was the first question you got to ask yourself is how much mileage do you get out of a droid Right. how long do droids usually live you know are they do droids live infinitely or I mean theoretically you could have a droid re re-upped with brand new parts or even updated parts as long as you kept the central processing personality like you never wiped that right they could live forever like like you said they could be in every movie but right. um, uh, yeah it, it is, or do – and the thing is like R2 – I'm used to R2 being heroic. Right. R2 does heroic kick-ass shit. But see 3 po doesn't. And when you kill him off or however you deactivate him, right. it's going to feel weird because how do you do it? Is right. he the victim of some attack does he go out, you know, does, you know, you would think he would give himself in service, glory, you know, yeah, but saving this, life or something, but that's not his style. That's like. what I was about to say. Is that
2: really C-3PO to do something mega
4: heroic? Not really. It's hmm. it's more C-3PO style to get. I mean, he's already been blasted apart and he got picked up by Jawas. Like,
2: Yeah. He's got a string of bad luck. He's got some
4: victimization going on.
2: Um. Yeah, that's a tough question, like. I don't want to say, you know, honestly, I think Anthony Daniels is so sort of iconic to Star Wars fandom that when he passes or decides not to do it, unless it's a Peter Mayhew situation where Peter Mayhew very graciously passed the torch on to Junus Sutamo, who's playing Chewbacca now, they could do something like that. And I think that would help ease fans uncomfortableness with and that's another else.
4: thing i was thinking about it's it's got to be a person right because part of and that's what you brought up already is that he's actually in that suit and that's what is part of his character and you know i i believe that's where a source of some of his bristliness and and unpleasantness towards alan to or god what is, what's the last alan Tudick. dick Two dick like he, i think that's why think he
2: was my man got two dicks
4: I think Alan Tudyk was he caught some shit from Anthony Daniels for not having to be in the costume yeah and uh, I think that's wise because he spent his whole life you know physically demandingly having to bring this character to life and but to his credit and hopefully to soothe his ego that's that's that character that's what makes him C-3PO is right. that it's so human-like, and he kind of shuffles, and you know the fact that that's an actual person, and when you see his head on a, um, God, what were they the the droid soldiers, battle droids, yeah, battle droids, that's why it feels so foreign, it feels so, you're just not connected in that moment. Yeah, when C three PO is on that battle droids head, on that battle droids body, you are not connected.
2: It just doesn't make sense from, like, a technological standpoint. I could talk about that all day, so I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but...
4: Oh, right, right, right. It
2: just doesn't make sense from a technological standpoint, that whole scene. Um, right. The other thing Tomas was asking about is who basically takes possession of 3PO. And I, I get what he's saying. Like, You know, on one hand, I kind of think that they would keep R2 and 3PO together, so if, you know, Ray. If R2 sticks with Ray, then, you know, C-3PO would go with Ray. But on the yeah. other hand, like, I think C-3PO is probably more comfortable and more in his element being, you know, the sidekick to whoever, to whoever takes the leadership role in the Resistance after... The
4: political role.
2: Yeah, so, you know, he's an interpreter or protocol droid. So let's say, you know, Poe Dameron takes over for Princess Leia after she exits the story. And then I could see him being there in that role. The thing is, is like, I don't ever think that C-3PO is ever going to be featured in a movie as much as he was in the original trilogy.
0: If I you... mean, they com-
4: they combined BB-8 and R2-D2. I'm sorry. They combined C-3PO and R2-D2 in BB-8. Hmm. You know, to and... Just kind of like BB-8's got some dialogue. I don't know. He's very R2-D2 feeling, but I wonder who his replacement's going to be. Kind of like... Who BB-8's replacement's going to be? No, no, no. Uh, C-3PO's. Oh. Because, yeah. you know, Alan... Uh, again, Alan Tudyk did a really great job bringing that kind of protocol person droid.
0: I don't know that I wonder we if need... there's
4: going to be another person droid.
2: I mean, there probably will. I mean you know it's star wars we'll see that we've seen a ton of that in the you know quote unquote disney era of star wars
4: yeah but i mean like as the main character right they could do
2: that but i would honestly rather them just stick with c3po i'm kind of over the uh influx of of new sassy droids that we've been getting in star wars canon lately you know we got mr bones we got k2 we got triple zero we got Fucking, I I know I'm missing one. I know, did I say K2? Anyway. Chopper. Chopper. But Chopper's a little different. Chopper's more in the R2, BB-8 realm. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good question, Tomas. That's one I'm going to have to chew on for a little bit. All right, next up we have a a first-time writer who wants to be known as Gentleman John. All right. Hey, guys, really enjoy your podcast. First time writing in, and I'm super enhanced at the moment, so bear with me. What's he mean by super enhanced there, Will? I think he's upgraded. Upgraded. Okay. Mm -hmm. Smoke weed every day. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'll demographic myself real quick so you know what you're dealing with. At five, I was ass in seat day one for A New Hope and been a huge fan ever since. I'm one of my generation that doesn't hate the prequels and actually likes the first two and honestly thinks Return of the Sith is better than Return of the Jedi, or Revenge of the Sith is better than Return of the Jedi, even though my favorite scenes are in Return of the Jedi. Anywho, in all the hubbub about the solo pick, I was thinking how far could a standalone go for me to still dig it as Star Wars? I don't think they can keep having movies that are intro, minor struggle, major struggle with a climax space battle land battle, and an interpersonal battle all intercut. I'll still show up, and y'all too, but the general public will get meh. So, as I was sitting here in a cloud, I had a cold, holy shit moment. Smoke weed every day. E.T., a Star Wars story. Don't poo-poo this just yet. E.T., or the E.T.'s are more canon than Ezra or Sabine, as per the story group, that films are the most canon, and E.T.'s are in the Senate. He is right. The E.T.'s race does show up in the Senate in *A Fan of Menace*. During the film, E.T. E.T. says home when he sees a Halloween costume of Yoda, which doesn't have to be actual be actual Yoda reference, just the species. He also says home when the house is enveloped in John Travolta's bubble, and they are walking around in spacesuits. There's a spacesuit guy in the cantina. The E.T. ship is an, is egg-shaped, not dissimilar from Yoda's escape pod off Kashyyyk or the roundness of droid fed ships. The landing ramp is metal grating, which is all over the Empire. The closure door of E.T. ship is that spiral closure, similar to the opening Luke falls through on top of the Falcon and the one Jin jumps through at the top of the Tom Tower and the biggie that I forgot about till I watched it again, is ET uses the force when making his speak and spell home machine. Smoke weed every day. <laughs> my buddy, my buddy, Gentleman John here.
4: <laughs>
2: All right.
4: <laughs> okay. I told you he was upgraded. Way he up upgraded. there. Upgrade.
2: He leveled up, son. Max level, max stat gear.
0: <laughs>
2: way up there. Okay, telekinetically lifting the parts in the air with a very similar hand motion of a young Attican feeding his lady a space bear. Anyway, long story short, as long as they make a good movie and it connects to Star Wars, I'm down. John, or I guess it seems everyone has a handle, so you can call me Gentleman John, as I like to make a good top shelf Manhattan when I'm listening to the podcast. And I dig the cooking tidbits, Will. Good day. Oh, my buddy, my buddy. You ever put on Dark Side of the Moon and watched uh, uh,
4: Wizard of Oz at the same time? If you were uh, Darth Vader, <coughs> he prefers the Dark Side of the Moon. Mm-hmm. It's the better side of the moon. I, I, I can't speak from
2: personal experience, but I know a couple of be- bearded gentlemen that might have done that when they were upgraded a time or two.
4: One or two. One or two.
2: They might have been really upgraded one time when they watched Return of the Jedi. And Man. Man. Was that an upgrade? Uh, whoosh. Whoosh. I heard one of them had a hard time watching Return of the Jedi for a few months after that because it was a powerful experience. I heard one Spiritual. of them. I heard one of them went back to their room, curled up in the bed on the fetal position and wept that Luke Skywalker barely. <laughs> Luke Skywalker finally connected with his dad only for him to die in front of him. And just wept in his bed because he was way too upgraded. Damn. Way, way too upgraded.
0: Damn.
2: I'm going to say I don't necessarily know that I want to see (laughs) E.T. a Star Wars story. You know, and I know that John was was having a good old time when he wrote us that email. And I know that John, uh, you know, was probably just fucking around with us a little bit. Um, I just, you know, I think George put E.T. in there is a nice little nod to his friend, Steven Spielberg. And right. I like that that race of whatever E.T. is, is in the Star Wars universe now. But I kind of feel like you sort of just need to leave it at that. Um, if you threw one in the background scene of a cantina or, you know, a spaceport or something in a future Star Wars movie,
4: I'm all about that. Do it. But I feel I like if you give them too much story, it gives E.T. It changes E.T.'s meaning. Right. The, the movie E.T. Well,
2: plus, you know, Star Wars took place a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So, like, E.T. is technically in the future. In when... his
4: defense, space and time aren't necessarily.
2: Ooh, somebody else is upgraded. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> let's talk about space and time.
4: Oh. Do you Talking think we could
2: time travel?
4: Space and time not. dilation. I hope
2: not. Space and time dilation. I did like that email, John. And let's say, you know, in the future, if you ever uh, level up anymore and want to send us an email, I'd be all about that. All right. We got a voicemail from our good buddy, King Tom, King of all Toms. And uh, let's see what he has to say. I wonder if he's uh, still fired up about the drunkard Richard Marquand.
3: Hey, and Will. King Tom here. How are you guys doing? Uh, I just want to start off quickly by saying last Saturday I had a great day. I got to listen to you guys, um, which is always a highlight of my Saturday, but then um, got to hear about Richie and his uh, fluffy biscuits, and that, that fluffed up my biscuit a little, if you know what I'm saying. And then in the evening I uh, grilled some ribs. I usually do it a few times every summer. This is my first time this summer, and both my wife and kids said that this was, the, this was the best set of ribs I ever grilled. I, I wish you guys would oh, wow. have been there for that. Anyway, the real reason I'm calling is about the Han Solo movie. We know they're going to connect it with the rest of the saga. We know they're going to be cameos. So I wanted to ask you guys, what kind of cameos would you like to see? What kind of cameos do you not want to see? Um, And I've had three ideas. Uh, I I wanted to run them by you, see what you thought of them. First, I I don't have a setup for this. I'm just thinking a young General May Dean and his amazing beard want to see that I'd also sell for Radice, one of my new favorite characters Maidine or Raddus just want them in there somewhere um, second cameo idea young Han Solo is walking through the streets he bumps into um, Bail Organa Bail Organa Jimmy Smith's love him one of my favorite parts of Rogue One you know Bail Organa all dignified senatorial young Han Solo disheveled rude um, Han Solo walks off Bail Organa turns to his to his aide and goes if my daughter ever marries a guy like that, I'm going to kill her. <laughs> and scene. Third cameo idea. Now, this, this might be a bit out there. I want to see Han Solo kicking in a bar with a young Balatik, that guy from the freighter in The Force Awakens. The two of them are drinking, having a good time. Uh, they start trash-talking some people. They start making fun of Jabba the Hutt. They start making fun of Dengar. Then all of a sudden, Balatik says something off-color, insensitive about another gang. Han Solo laughs it off, gets up, and says, I'm going to tell that one to Kanji Club. What do you guys think? Thanks for listening, and uh, have a great week, you
0: guys.
2: (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. So, why don't you take this one first? Well, I took the last one first. What would you like to see as far as uh, cameos in Han Solo? And what do you think about... King Tom's ideas for cameos,
4: all of King Tom's ideas would work out just fine um although I don't need those like I don't need everything to be tied together,
2: yeah, I mean, the one thing and and like you know, I know King Tom is having a good old time, um you know just making some some royal jokes and stuff, I kinda want. Han Solo to not have anything to do with the rebellion or any interaction with the rebellion in this movie like I kind of want that Star Wars movie that's not going to have the big intergalactic conflict I want a more focused small story about Han Solo and what he's up to so running into Raddus and even though fuck I love Raddus like I know I can be kind of hard on Rogue One I still love the movie but to me it was like a If you gave it a letter grade, it would, would be a B, right? You know, uh, but I mean, there's still a lot about that movie that I loved. And Raddus is one of those things. And I honestly think like, if you're going to do Raddus again, like save Raddus's appearance for something that, uh, fits a little more for a, a story that's about the rebellion or something. Um same thing with Bale. Bale like I don't really see any need to him, to have him run into um Bale now I do like the idea of him running into like Balotique or the Guavian Death Gang or Conja Club just to sort of reinforce that relationship. Um, right I also think it would be cool if he, to me, one of the coolest cameos they could do would be Maz Kanata, because we know that Maz and Han Solo have a relationship that, you know, goes back further than The Force Awakens. We don't necessarily... have not she
4: been running her bar for nine, like a thousand, thousand years. years?
2: Yeah, so it's she very cool. They could possible. look exactly
4: the same. Mm-hmm. That's
2: the thing, like... You know, when they did the puppet of Yoda in um, The Phantom Menace, they tried to make him, like, look younger. And when you're a being that lives that long, like, I don't know that you're going to look that much younger 20 years on. That's, like, just a few yeah. years in human years. Like
4: How much younger are you going to look from 800 to 900?
2: Right. Or from, like, 980, you know, from, like, 980 years old to 1,000 years old or something, yeah. right? So... I think Maz Kanata would be cool. I would fucking cream jeans over a Boba Fett cameo of some point, uh, obviously. You know, that's that my one. That
4: makes most sense to me. Like, <clears throat> the Boba um, Fett cameo makes the most sense.
2: What, is there any other cameos that you kind of dig the idea of in the Han Solo movie? I don't
4: know. <sighs> Part of me says Jabba the Hutt, but then another part of me says no. Honestly, if, if Jabba were to be part of the story, I'd want him to be
2: more than a cameo. I'm not going to lie. like I would like to see Han working for Jabba and Han and Jabba's relationship, sort of the start of that.
4: Um, but I want it to be more than a cameo. Um, I don't know why, but for some reason in Star Wars, it feels like he hasn't been doing that for Jabba that long. Like he's done it before. Right. But it's not like... Like that long. Like He's Java's guy place, for right. smuggling. Uh,
2: you know, and also, the other thing is, is I, I kind of feel like, and who knows if this is going to be the case with uh with all the shit that's sort of gone down, but I kind of feel like this is their opportunity to give us a, a spinoff trilogy. If this is really successful, I could see, you know, another couple of movies about young Han Solo's adventures. And I feel like you want to save... Some stuff for that, so you don't necessarily need to blow your load and get Jabba, the castle run, the right. winning the Falcon, meeting Chewie, all in one movie.
4: I totally agree. I've said that before, so, and that's the thing. Like, I don't need cameo. You know, like I think it makes it too dangerous. You're playing with fire. Yeah, and and so what? You know, like in Rogue One, there were a bunch of cameos, not a bunch, but and some of them were good, and some of them like. You know, I didn't need to see Dr. Eva Zan and Ponda Bobo. No, I didn't need to see them either. Didn't need that. It's cool, I mean, but...
2: Unnecessary. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Like, I would like to see the more embracing of the two sides of the established sagas. Where, like, we've gotten a little bit of it in the first two movies, but I would like to see more prequel references sort of mixed in with the original trilogy references
4: or at least some of those aliens yeah you know.
2: yeah like like a doug or um you know what are some decks
4: whatever Dex was
2: yeah big cockroach with four arms or whatever um the camino ones yeah the camino ones are interesting because i kind of feel like they stay isolated on their planet so where would you run into them outside of camino and i don't really see any need for han solo to go to camino Um, I'm just saying like a Camino and like be
4: out in
0: the...
2: Like, I would like to see the, uh, you know, obviously not Zam Wessel, but I'd like to see that concept of the the changelings and like maybe another changeling character sort of show up. All right. Next up, we got our good old buddy Brad Love. Man, do I like me some Brad Love. One of the beauties of the internet and Star Wars is bringing people from all across the world together. It's awesome. Sometimes, though, things get lost in translation across cultures. If you guys don't mind, I would like to clarify something from last week's show for non-American listeners. That talk about cloudy biscuit <laughs> biscuits must have been confusing. What some people may not know is Americans don't know what biscuits are. They call scones biscuits and they call biscuits cookies. Now, they also call cookies cookies, so it doesn't make any sense. Maybe they call everything cookies. I'll leave that one to you halls and will no star Wars question this week. Just some information. Anyway, may the cookies be with you, man. I don't know if you've seen this, but there has been a fucking, the battle of indoor level debate between Vader, Nick and Brad love about biscuits, cookies and scones. And like, yeah, I get it. Like, Is America the only people, is it the only country where you can get biscuits, like what we consider biscuits? I think so. Really?
4: Yeah. I mean, I I think they're in other places, but I think other places, like we use biscuits, we bake them. I think they take that same thing and they put it in stuff and they make dumplings. Oh, really? See, like, you know, what a biscuit is, like you can put it in soup or whatever and that's how you make chicken and dumplings basically little oh really
2: i didn't realize that's the same concept um you know uh we were talking about them earlier our buddy uh matt frost made biscuits and gravy in australia he made right jalapeno cheese biscuits and chorizo gravy he did it up big and i'm telling you what that shit looked delicious So I think it's only right that we attempt sausage rolls. He tried to get a little bit of our culture. I think it's time for us to try sausage rolls.
4: I've looked up sausage roll.
2: I think next time you make a trip to Birmingham, we try to make sausage rolls. Dude, when I know how to make it, we'll make it. Apparently, it's all in getting the right sausage. Yeah. That may be difficult for us because, you know, (laughs) American sausage is not as varied as international sausages, like I. We can we f- make our own sausage. Oh, I'm gonna make some sausage the next time I see you. Mm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, mm. yeah,
4: man. I had to kill a spider while we were sitting here.
2: Are you okay? Yeah, I'm totally good. What kind of spider was it?
4: I don't know. It was. It wasn't big. Like it wasn't a wolf spider. You know, a field spider. Oof. It was. It was and it, it didn't have the big butt and the really spindly legs like a Ugh. um like a black widow or anything but it was it was small like a brown recluse maybe. Oh fuck all that.
2: The so funny thing aren't...
4: is I closed it in a book like I didn't have anything to swat it or squish it like paper towel or anything so I have this personal finance textbook and I opened it and just closed it in there and like smushed it together. But the thing is, I keep looking at this book, waiting for him to crawl out any second is the funny part. Oh. Knowing he's in there squished, but it's still enough to, in the back of your mind, I keep looking over at that book.
2: I fucking hate spiders.
4: (laughs) I know you do. I figured you'd like that I killed one while I was sitting here.
2: Ugh. Fuck, man. Why do there have to be fucking spiders? They give me so much anxiety. They do. Ugh. I hate them so much. I hate them. I hate them.
4: And I went into the physical description. That's what got you going so Ooh, much. I hate them. I hate them.
2: We hit a spider pothole. Ugh, okay, all right. Shake it off. <laughs> um, biscuits. Biscuit. Mm. How mm-hmm. how would you describe biscuits to our international listeners? That so. If I'm not mistaken, a, like biscuits in other parts of the world are kind,
4: are basically crackers, right? Yeah, yeah. crackers. What you what you think of a cracker? They call anything it that's hard, and you're gonna crunch or crisp it like that. That's why a scone is like that. It's 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 crunchy. It's well hard. Well, Brad considers what we call biscuits <coughs> scone.
2: <coughs> Ding.
4: Um So I don't like you bake in a pan of biscuits, like sausage and biscuits, and like bacon and biscuits. Those are scones. Well, yeah, and I've had scones, what we call scones, at least, and they're similar but not the same thing as biscuits. I don't scones are scones are like a pastry. Right, I feel like right, but it's almost like a roll. So biscuits can be pastries too. Like I've I've had some amazing like biscuits are technically pastry, but cinnamon.
2: Iced biscuits, blueberry biscuits with icing, amazing. They're
4: pretty much savory cake. Biscuits are like, savory cake, you think? Biscuits are like cakey rolls to me. Cakey rolls. They're they are so dense, the, the the breading is almost like cake. I'm telling you right
2: now, one day, Brad and I will hang out. I don't know if it'll be next celebration. One day, I'm going to find a way to hang out with my buddy Brad. And the very first thing I'm going to do when we hang out is I'm going to make that dude some biscuits and gravy and he's going to see the light.
4: I think it's about the leavening well, age.
2: Je- Jesse just gave me a look like, you mean I'm going to make some biscuits and gravy, which is exactly what I mean. One right. time, man, so, you know, when Jesse and I first started dating, like I wish I was good at cooking and I have some things, like I can grill a hell of a steak, you know, mm-hmm. good at that. But otherwise, I'm kind of a doofus in the kitchen.
4: And I, I lived I was... with you for years and cooked for years in that kitchen. I know. And I try. Like, you saw plenty of
2: attempts of me trying to cook. I just don't, I'm not good at it like other people are. I'm not, like, horrible. I'm not a horrible cook, but I'm just not good at it like other people.
4: I wish I was, you know? Like Tomas says, though, uh, you, it's very zen it's very it, it's time consuming
2: oh uh, see it's you, not zen you've for got me. better it's anxiety it's anxiety inducing for me where i'm like oh i'm gonna fuck this up i just know it but it's like one of those things you can't fuck up so one time you know jesse came over and she stayed the night and i was like i'm gonna make biscuits and gravy in the morning boy did i fuck it up and boy was i lucky that jesse was here to save the day How also made and
4: fuck up biscuits and gravy. The gravy, I really want
2: to. The gravy, it was like water. What had you fuck the gravy up? It just wasn't thick. It was like water.
4: Did you use instant gravy or did you make gravy from scratch? Instant gravy. Oh come on, you know gravy
2: from scratch. You know me.
4: I didn't know if you cooked sausage and bacon and then you just
2: add flour. One time I tried to make a quiche. Milk. Yeah. Tried to make a quiche right. It yeah. was awful. And then I go over to Jesse's sister's house where Jesse was living, and her family, Je- uh, Sierra and Keith, were like, Heard you made a quiche last night? And they had this look on their face. Like, I know exactly what happened Jesse went in and was like, Hall's made dinner, and it was awful.
4: You know, oh, no.
2: she went in there and was fucking. Oh, hated no. On she me.
4: threw you under the dinner bus.
2: Yeah, and she's smiling right now because she knows that that's exactly what happened you know she threw me under the bus not like and and if i had been in, if it was an opposite thing and she had made that quiche like i would have either not brought it up but i definitely wouldn't have thrown her under the bus to my family right but
4: whenever I, a girls ever ever that... cooked for me i always ask for seconds no matter you know but i don't have that
2: problem cuz Jessie's an excellent cook like she never makes anything bad in our 6 years of being together she's only made one thing where i was like I didn't like that and it was white chili and I don't like beans so it wasn't even the technique it was the product
4: you know well welcome to a woman cooking for you because I live in a world where women don't cook for me like I I don't know if they're intimidated because I'm a chef or if every girl I ever met couldn't cook but women don't cook for this guy this is the thing like it's not for now I'm not saying I haven't knocked a
2: few meals in our relationship out of the park I made beef Wellington one time that was like a master stroke. I don't know, like with my level of cooking skill, skill how I pulled it off as well as I did.
4: With uh, help, detailed with, description by Gordon Ramsay,
2: exactly. But with lots of help from Jesse too. You know, it wasn't a solo project. Um, you know, I've made some okay stuff here and there, but the other thing is, is like for a while there jesse and i were on a kick of eating um eggs and turkey sausage every morning right and i would get up before jesse sometimes so i would make the eggs boy was i informed when i fucked up those eggs boy was i informed and how do you fuck up eggs i'm an idiot in the kitchen
4: you overcook them
2: We're undercooking. Whatever the fuck. I just fucked them up. Just about every time, Jesse would be like, I didn't really like those. You know, it's funny when Julia Child
4: makes scrambled eggs, she'd save a little bit of the raw scrambled egg, start cooking her scrambled eggs, and at the last minute, like, add some of that raw scrambled egg in there. Guarantee you would think those things were, like, undercooked or raw still, but... That's how they use. That's like the French style of making. So, like, one eggs.
2: morning I would make them and she would be like, You cooked these a little too long. I didn't like them. So the next day I would try to ease back and she'd be like, You didn't cook these enough. I didn't like them. I, it's just like. I don't think you're. I just.
4: Dude, I, I'd have raw eggs waiting for her in the morning. <laughs> I, just, I'd be like, I just couldn't Here, get it your right. eggs.
2: I just couldn't get it right, man. And I tried. It was not. It, it's not for lack of trying. Like, I want to make something and her be like, this is amazing. And that's only happened once in our entire relationship. The only time I've ever cooked something where she was like, that is amazing. Was the beef Wellington.
4: You, you you're making me so frustrated now. Cause you have me one phone call away and you, uh, it's I, it, our fans reach out to me. It's more not than a you ma- do. It's not a Cooking matter. It's not a
2: matter of not knowing what to do. It's, some people have it and some people don't, Will. It's not a matter of not trying or not getting the right information. I can follow instructions, I think. But even when I follow instructions, something catastrophic happens. And I fuck it all up. And I fuck it all up.
4: I just got to start over. That's where it is. Once you fuck it up, you just start over. But to me, cooking is like making art. It's like sitting down and making art, and like you can make art that certain people like or don't like, but when you really sit down and make art, you can't really ever fuck it up,
0: because
4: no matter what you that's, do. But that's not true, that is is not true with cooking. That is not. It is you not. You can burn shit to the point where it's unedible or salt it to where it's unedible, but and see, I very, don't even
2: do that. You know, I'm a salt fiend, but I know like very I am.
4: Rarely can you fuck some shit up beyond I am. I mean, you can curdle milk too, but like you can't really. It's fuck just, shit up. And then like, think- she'll
2: be like, do you like, so like, you know, we'll meal meal plan or something. and We'll be like, oh, we'll have pasta in, on this night. And she'll be like, do you want to make dinner? I don't feel like doing it. And I'll be like, yeah, I'll do it. And the whole time it's just anxiety. I'm just sitting there at the stove. Like this is going to be fucked up and she's going to gonna <laughs>
4: set this in front of her. And she's going to be like, you overcooked these noodles. It, well, no,
2: it's not even like I've gotten gags before. I've had her take a bite of food and be like, Bleh. Oh really? Uh I don't. I don't like this because I can't defend
4: myself. You're totally lying. I don't know that
2: I'm lying. You've definitely gagged when I made eggs for Did you. Did it all. ever come back out
4: on the plate where it was like? No, blah, 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 blah. no,
2: no, no, not that far. Didn't I just? It, I make fantastic scrambled eggs. You make fantastic everything, but then you hold that against me when I'm just trying to be nice and make dinner or breakfast or something.
4: You see what she I mean said she'd rather make scrambled eggs than have to spit yours out, <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. She would rather make scrambled eggs than have me make scrambled eggs. And I hate eggs, by the way, so it was a matter. I was like, I gotta lose some weight. I guess I'll eat eggs and turkey sausage for breakfast. And I was just I was trying, man. And I just couldn't get it. I don't know why it's something Dude, I'm very trying something
4: of. other than scrambled. Yes, oh I mean.
2: Fried eggs, not great. Try to fry an egg. I'm not great at fried eggs either. Fried eggs over easy, over medium, poached, and, and, and like so many of my friends are excellent cooks. You're my best friend. You're a professional chef. Jesse is the best baker I've ever met. She's an amazing cook. It's, uh, her brother-in-law Keith, the master of the grill, Goose Payne, an amazing cook everybody in my fucking family my dad my mom my grandmother everybody excellent cooks and me i'm the dude with the fucking dunce cap on where i'm like well i guess i'm gonna burn pasta somehow
4: i don't think so i think it's a self-confidence issue i mean take if
2: yourself- there's everything I've, if there's anything i've got an issue with it is definitely uh, the self-confidence
4: it's you need to take an anti anxiolytic and then make dinner be like, ah, if it comes out, it comes out. Now we're we'll order pizza.
2: Yeah, maybe. All right. So <laughs> we got a voicemail and an email ne- left. Next up is our good buddy, of Vinny the Mandalorian, the Mando Kenobi. And uh, he's got a voicemail for us. So let's check it out. Let me uh get this all set up.
1: Is that Oz and Will? I can't tell you how excited I am about all the Star Wars video games that we're going to be getting. Hell, I actually may invest in uh, Battlefront 2. Ah, I gotta apologize. I know we were supposed to get on for that, that Star DLC, but I just. I guess I saw it as a form of boycotting the game because I just didn't feel the need to invest in a demo. But if you guys are ever on Overwatch, I'm always down to play support. (laughs) Uh, I wanted to bring back uh, Peter's views on how we got to chill a bit. And uh, if you guys may remember from my previous emails, I have those same feelings. I I know that it may be hard at times, us being such fanatics to know that, I, how do you say this, it's better to not, it's better to not backseat drive, you know what I mean, we're, we're not in charge here, but I can say it's a bit nerve wracking when a director gets fired three quarters through filming boy. But, you know what? Ron Howard's gonna do a great job. I believe in him. Uh, I just hope that uh, we don't get a train wreck of a movie. Well, every Star Wars movie was a train wreck in their own way. (laughs) Uh, Well, hope you guys have a great 4th of July weekend, and uh, may the Force be with you. Oh, 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 and uh, P.S., Live PS, wow, first one of those. Uh, I'm actually writing a radio drama on Mandalorians and Mandalorian culture. Uh, I, I, if you, Haas will, yo, if if you guys would be down to be on it, I would be honored to write you in. All right, guys, have a great holiday weekend. Uh, Drinks some beer. Eat some processed meats and cheeses. All right, guys. May the force be with you.
2: Bye. I'm telling you right now, my buddy Vinny, you tell me what you need, and I will provide the the files to be in a radio drama about Mandalorians. Sign me up. I'm down, yeah, right. buddy. I'm there. I am there. I, I'll do anything. You let me know what you need. And man, Vinny sounds like such a chill, cool dude, right? Yeah, he does. He's just like, hey man, just chill. It's Star Wars. We love Star Wars. And honestly, I'm not gonna lie, this this you know, firing of directors thing gives me a lot of anxiety. And the way I calm myself down is I just take the approach. I'm gonna stay positive about it until they give me a reason not to be positive. Until they yeah. give me a movie that I feel, is, and it's going to take honestly, it's going to take more than one bad movie in the the star, you know, the Disney era of Star Wars for me to feel really worried, you know.
4: Yeah, that's true.
2: All of these big connected universes have their missteps, you know, and especially when they're trying to do one a year. So, you know, I would prefer it didn't happen. I would prefer, you know, all these Star Wars movies to have super smooth productions that produce something great but that's just not the nature of how this goes and you know i don't want to be you know the the only sees the positive side of things but for my own personal health and anxiety i kind of have to do that sometimes
4: i mean i just think it's in good hands and they're not gonna do something fucked up with it so just enjoy what's headed your way definitely
2: definitely all right so we got one more email Oh, speaking of processed meats and cheeses, I got to ask you, there's this one snack food that I really enjoy that I always f- forget about, and it's probably a good thing that I forget about, but Jesse got some at the store this week. <coughs> Do you get down on chicken biscuit crackers and easy cheese?
4: I have in the past. I know what you're talking about.
2: Man, is that delicious.
4: They are. They're really good. I
2: could sit and watch Star Wars and eat a whole box of chicken biscuit crackers with easy cheese.
4: It'd take two cans of cheese whiz. It probably would. I don't know. I feel like we you know,
2: over the past week or so, I think we polished off a box of those crackers and still have some cheese in the Oh, that's the good. Easy cheese can.
4: You must have you must have found the right cheese to cracker ratio.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's very specific. And Jesse, like I've never thought about what makes a chicken biscuit cracker taste The way it does. And I think Jesse nailed it. I think it's the same seasoning that's in chicken ramen. Like the ramen chicken bouillon.
4: It's like powdered chicken bouillon basically.
2: sprinkled on some crackers.
4: Yep. Hmm.
2: I wonder, do they got Easy Cheese in other countries? Or is that going to be the next thing? People are like, what the fuck are you talking about? Easy Cheese. Easy Cheese.
4: (laughs) I think, I don't know. I know they got it in Philadelphia because that's how you eat. Um philly cheesesteak
2: right i know that's the supposedly like the 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 um, philadelphia way right all right so uh, last we have our buddy han brolo with an email hey halls and will just a quick question for you guys this week did you guys play the star wars bounty hunter game for ps2 or xbox the Django fett game if so what did you guys think that was my favorite game growing up till battlefront 2 came out may the force be with you PS, I watched Willow the other night. It's pretty good. It's got the Lucas Prince all over it.
4: It is pretty good. Did you ever play Bounty Hunter? I don't think so. I played um Shadows of the old uh, Shadows, Shadows of, the of the Empire. Yeah, that's Never a little Bounty, older. Hunter. Bounty
2: Hunter is pretty fucking solid. I mean, it was at the time. I don't know how it holds up now, and that's not just with Star Wars video games, you know, not, it's with all video games. Some of them hold up better than the others, especially when you get into that PlayStation, PlayStation 2 area where they were just getting the handle on 3D graphics and stuff.
4: Polygons. And
2: polygons and, and all that good stuff. You know, some of it holds up better than others, but I, I enjoyed Bounty Hunter when it came out originally. It was, uh, I guess, sort of the tie in game for Attack of the Clones, and it yeah. you know was a prequel to Attack of the Clones, and you're Django Fett, so that's all right up my alley. Um,
4: I, I didn't really get from like Super Nintendo, I didn't get into anything until like Knights of the Old Republic and Republic Commandos.
2: Oh, Republic Commandos was a good game, I really liked that game.
4: That was one of those gems back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they recently
2: put out um Star Wars Bounty Hunter on PlayStation four. On like really? the uh you know, the PlayStation store. And I got yeah. it. I have yet to start playing it, partially because it's just so many so few hours I have to, to game. Your time is it. limited. Yeah. And then I also get sucked into all these um you know, newer video games and stuff. But one day I know I'll get the itch to sit down and play bounty bounty hunter. And I wonder how it'll hold up, but it was cool. Like you had little side mission bounties. You could go on It had a pretty solid, you know, main story. Um, at the time graphically, I thought it was pretty good. I don't really know how it would hold up nowadays. I would love to see something in that vein. Obviously, you know, I'm fucking crazy about Mandalorians and yeah. dudes that look like Boba Fett, so I'd be all about it. Um, but yeah, I, I dug it. And to go back to Vinny, Vinny, buddy, um, email me or something and let me know what system you play on. I'll add you on my friends list. I play Overwatch from time to time. I uh, It's a game I really enjoy that I wish I was better at, that I just don't know that I have the time to devote to, um, to be really good at it. Uh, I've got it on Xbox one, though. um I' don't well, and there are lots
4: of girls that play that and stream it on Twitch, yeah, I it's mean like business is uh, built on that, yeah.
2: I mean, it, it, in that regard, it's kind of I feel like the new League of Legends, where like that used to be like when you'd go on Twitch, that used to be the game you saw a lot of people streaming. and I'm or sure Smite,
4: what is Smite?
2: Smite is a very similar game to League of Legends. It's a um a MOBA, a multiplayer online battle arena game. Yeah. Um, it's from third person instead of a top down view. Our buddies, Brad love and Vader Nick are way into that right now. Um, and, and I've played a few rounds of it and it's just, I don't know that if it's that I'm not a huge fan of that genre, a game of game or that it's, I'm not great at that genre of game. So it doesn't really hold my interest. Um, I wish I was good, especially at Smite because we have friends that play it. It looks cool. I like the concept where you're playing all the different gods like Zeus and Bacchus and things like that. Like Thor, you know, I think that's really cool. I just, I don't know. I think I need to, I would either need to devote more time to one of those games to really get it down or they're just not for me. I'm not sure. Um, but I, I love Overwatch. I think Overwatch is amazing. I, I played the shit out of it when it first came out. And then, you know, I'm buried under a backlog of video games that I need to get through. I just got through uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild. I finally beat that. I still have Mass Effect that I need to beat. I need to beat Horizon Zero Dawn. Jesse My schedule
4: I, is just not accommodating to. Where Other people are on to accommodate a multiplayer.
2: Yeah, I mean, we, we had a pretty good run at For Honor. For Honor, unfortunately, fell under the umbrella of sort of a Ubisoft fuck-up where they brought out a solid game that sort of became broken after the fact, kind of like The Division. And, like, I just ended up I... getting frustrated with For Honor after a little while where, like...
4: I damn near prophesied that when, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like you got your people that play for three days straight and they'll gain such an advantage that they unlock these cool powers. And once they do that, then the game's no more fun. It's not fun to play anymore. It's not fun to play every time you get steamrolled by somebody that's 80 levels higher than you.
2: It's not just that. Like It seems like Ubisoft, especially with The Division and For Honor, had an issue with hackers and cheaters and people using exploits and stuff. And that more than people just being better than me uh, really kills a game, you know? And and I don't see the appeal in being a cheater and playing online. To me, that is unhonorable. Like I would rather abide by the gaming rules and not break the game to win. I would rather my skill in the game be what allows me to win. But right. You know, And then, you know, with a game, if it's not perfectly balanced and for honor was not perfectly balanced.
4: And that's that's where my original argument came from was balance, because, you know, like you said, I want I want it to be my skill that's able to win me a game. Like every time I sat down to play Halo three, everybody had the same powers. Everybody, you know, ever it was your level of skill because it was balanced and, you know if I'm sitting down to play with a dude that because he's been playing for a week straight is overpowering or mismatched or something like that, then like that's not balance. That's the opposite of balance. Things are I don't know.
2: To me, you're right. And to me, you're wrong. I don't mean that in a dick way. Like if someone has the time to play for three weeks straight and just be better than me, that's a different story. But if it's a matter of, you know, Everybody finds the one class or character that's like the cheese dick character to play and it like there were instances in and, and Overwatch had this problem early on like you would get on and everybody on the opposing team would be playing the same character and it would be right. fucking unbearable the difference is is the quality of company you're dealing with like I don't think I'm going out on a limb and saying that Blizzard is a better in more reputable company than Ubisoft. Ubisoft when it comes to this sort of thing, like Blizzard, right. when they see a problem, they jump in and fix that. Blizzard is constantly making balancing patches and tweaks to Overwatch to make sure that it's as balanced as possible. And I don't know that Ubisoft really did that with For Honor. So like you would get on and everybody would be playing the same type of character and like they would be doing the same one cheese dick move and they would just annihilate your team, and to me, that's not fun. To me, that's a bunch of, like, you know, 12 year I'd like to say it's 12-year-olds, but you know it's a lot of grown-ass people, too, just yeah. taking the cheap route, and I don't know. That's not fun to me, so, and, and, and part of it is, you know, I'm getting older. I'm sure I'm losing some hand-eye coordination when it comes to these type of games, and, like,
4: And I know. I know it makes it sound like I'm not upset that people are better than me. Oh, I, I know you're not. It just makes it no fun. Yeah, it's a game. It's supposed to be fun. The competitive nature of it means that I should have some moderate chance of success if I play smart, you know, and do well, or practice enough, you know. Right, like I shouldn't <laughs> get I shouldn't get steamrolled all the time. Right, because I don't play enough. You right, know? like or right, I didn't do all the exploits, or I didn't you know hack this one you know i shouldn't be hindered by that yeah
2: i just um you know like back in the call of duty modern warfare games our uh our good buddy goose was friends with a guy or i wouldn't even say he was friends he was acquaintances with a guy that lived in the same apartment complex that used like cheats and stuff in modern warfare and yeah. would and would have like modded controllers that had automatic right. triggers and shit to treat, cheat and I would be like dude that's fucking lame that's, that's not like, fun. that's not fun that's that's the lamest shit I've ever heard and, and like y- yeah you know I just don't I don't see the appeal in that other than just being like I don't It's
4: know. just the difference in us as gamers. We're the kind of gamer I want to beat the game. Yeah before i get unlimited lives okay like i want to play the game in its original experience without you know putting in the cheat code to be invulnerable and just beating everything and going right to the end to see what the story is like right that's not how i roll you know? yeah. i want the full experience
2: and and that's the thing i can say is like all of our friends that we game with and stuff are pretty up outstanding upstanding citizens when it comes to that, like I don't know anybody that uses those kind of cheats and stuff. Like I
4: don't want unlimited credits. You know, no. I don't want all the vehicles in the game. All
2: right, buddy. Well, I think that's going to do it for this evening. Thanks for a recording with me.
4: Yeah, man. Thanks for recording with me too.
2: Uh, if you guys like our theme song, please, please be sure to support the band that donate donated the music. They are stoned Cobra and you can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at StonedCobra.bandcamp.com.
4: Might give you lightning dick. Uh,
2: might n- is not the n- is not a question. It definitely will. Disclaimer, D- during, Disclaimer. Um. Yeah, I think that's about it. Check me out on the Steel Wars call-in show tomorrow if you guys have a chance. Call in and ask me some questions talk about some star wars with steel and myself uh and we will see you guys next week i wonder what we'll have to discuss this week i wonder if things will uh calm down a little bit we'll see uh, i hope you guys if you are in the states have a safe and enjoyable july 4th and uh we'll see you guys later for blue harvest i'm Hans burkhart and i am will Witten. may the
4: force be with you may the force be with all of you
1: May the Force be with us.